0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 797. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyesmach at org. As we march towards our 800th episode, what a milestone, 800 episodes, I uh, would just request that you share, share this podcast with somebody so that we can grow our listenership. And uh, hopefully, more people will benefit from Take 10 for Torah. Okay, so today I wanted to talk about a theme that exists throughout Sefer Bracious, and it's the Mitzvah of Mila, but really not about the Mitzvah of Mila, but about uh, an issue which comes up regarding the Mitzvah of Mila, and that's the Mitzvah of Mila, of circumcision performed on Shabbat, on Shabbos. What's the issue? So we know that even though the mitzvah of mila involves certain malachot, it involves certain types of uh, constructive activity, it doesn't sound so constructive, I understand, but it involves making a chaburah, uh, creating, uh, causing blood to, to be spilled. Uh, don't want to get too graphic over here. But uh, that should be forbidden on Shabbos, and yet we know that it is permitted on Shabbos if the baby is eight days old. So I want to talk about what is permitted on Shabbos and what is not permitted on Shabbos through the lens of another very famous rule. We know that there are a few mitzvos that if they fall out on Shabbos, we do not perform. Now this is pretty wild, but let's say, for example, Rosh Hashanah. If the first day of Rosh Hashanah, which is the only day that could fall out on Shabbos, falls out on Shabbos, so then we don't take a shofar, we don't blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. If uh, Sukkot, the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, then we don't take the lulub and esrog. And also, if Purim would fall out on Shabbos, which does not happen anymore due to our modern calendar, but if Purim would fall out on Shabbos, we as well would not read the Megillah. Why is this? So this is because something known as Gezerah de-Rabba, that comes from a Gemara Rosh Hashanah, for example. It says, Alama rava, mido araisa, shari. Really, by Torah law, let's say, blowing shofar on the Shabbos on would be permitted, but the Rabbanon, the, Rabbanon, the Chachamim, the rabbi said, not such a good idea, Kiddur Rabba. It's like the principle of Rabba. What did Rabba say? Rabba, hakol Chayavim shofar. Everybody, it's a ubiquitous mitzvah, but not everybody is expert. So therefore, our concern is, We're worried, concerned, that a person's going to go and travel around on Shabbos to take his shofar from here to there to try to be able to get taught how to do this. We Arba Amos and the person is thereby going to take the chauffeur outdoors in a public domain for six to eight feet for Amos, which is problematic and considered to be hotza, the malacha of carrying on Shabbos. Five hundred time with the lulav, the time with the megillah, and the Gemara says that's the same reason for lulav and that's the same reason for megillah. So the concern that we're learning is a concern over doing malacha on Shabbos. The Malacha in question is the Malacha of Hotza'ah, which, as we know, it is forbidden to carry something for four amot in the public domain. It is also forbidden to carry something between the private and public domain, but that the Gemara doesn't mention. It seems that it considers this to be the more frequent or more common situation, but if everybody needs to blow the shofar, blow the or read the Megillah, or take a Lulav, and people are not necessarily trained in how to do that properly, the problem that the Gemara is concerned about is that they're going to walk around with it outdoors, and adding this prop to the mix on Shabbos is going to be problematic. Therefore, we don't do these mitzvos On Shabbos, now that's a pretty remarkable idea. You know, the Chachamim, the rabbis, have the power to say and turn turn off the spigot. You know, say no to the mitzvah of lulav and sukkah and uh, megillah. I'm sorry, lulav and shofar and megillah. But the the I know you'll tell me, but it's okay because we get to do it the next day. But we're probably familiar with the fact that when it comes to shofar, when it comes to lulav, for sure, the next day isn't quite the same as the first day, and because the next day isn't quite the same as the first day, when it comes to the shofar. Because Rosh Hashanah uh, was added to it a day, uh, when it comes to lulav, the first day was the only day that outside of the base Hamikdash they used to take the lulav, and now we're saying that we're relying on the on the taking of the second day. So, like, it's not it's a pretty big deal. I mean, it's a pretty big deal that we're willing and able to cancel. And the question is, once this principle exists. Why doesn't it exist for more mitzvahs? So, for example, the big question, and that's what we're talking about today, is why? what about Mila? Like, wh- why do we allow a bris milah? Aren't there all of these concerns? You're taking the baby around, all these instruments that are involved. Aren't we concerned that you're going to uh, transgress on Shabbos, the, the laws of Erev and Hatzah as well? So the Ron asks this question, many Rishonim ask this question, they all give different answers, which hopefully today we'll be able to discuss. The Ron answers, he says, Yesh, lumber the Hanishani, the big problem with Lulav and shofar and uh, Megillah is that those three, those three mitzvos, everybody's busy with that day. And because everybody's busy, there's nobody like really busy with Shabbos, meaning there's nobody busy being that guy who's going to say, hey, careful, before you go out there, don't take that outside. They're all busy with the mitzvah's hayom, with the commandment of the day, because of the special days that overlap Shabbos. But when it comes to Mila, Who's busy with Mila? Who's busy with the, with the circumcision? Very few people, just the family, just the people who are directly involved. So other people will notice whether or not they are going in and out, etc., and therefore we don't have to worry because there will be others who remind them. That's one answer given by the Rahn. Tosos gives two answers. Tosos says, why is Mila different than the uh, the myth of Megillah and of Shofar and of Lulav? He says, He says, Mila is very stringent in that we find 13 different times the word covenant is used by Bris Mila. 13 different times. It's such a significant covenant. It's so important. It's the type of thing that we're not going to cancel because of a suspicion of a possibility of malacha being done. That's his first answer. Tosus' second answer is really interesting. He says, and this is, I guess we should be thankful for this, V'gam ein adam mal ele baki. A person's not going to go and like, hey, yeah, you know, on Lul- with a Lulav, I don't know how to do this. Maybe somebody could teach me. I don't think anybody's going to perform a circumcision after walking around the neighborhood trying to find somebody who's going to teach them. You know, it requires a little bit more training than that. So we don't really need to worry that someone's going have to have to a, have, a, have a, I don't know, impromptu training the afternoon of the Mila on Shabbos, or at some time on Shabbos. Now, of course, you'll say, but what about taking the baby to the breast itself and other issues, but the idea of training, needing the training, which is the literal uh, issue that the Gemara raises in regard to these other missiles, the training element doesn't really exist. That's Tosos's answer. The Me'iri discusses this as well, and he says, again, why isn't Mila a problem, carrying the baby or carrying the equipment? And he explains as follows, similar to something that Tosso said, but Mila is only for individuals. V'hem Avihaben ben the father of the child, the Mohel, v'hadavar matzulius z'rizenba. And it's much more common that they will be expert in it. Av'al-sha'far v'lul av'megil v'chol mesurim Everybody is able to do that. And so this is similar to what Toso says. Uh, only a bucky, only a person who is expert, who is on top of it, only a person um, who is involved in this mitzvah will, will be They'll be doubly focused on it, and they won't come to transgress any Shabbos prohibition. The Chidush HaRitva, the Ritva says that when it comes to Malacha of Mila, he says Mila itself is a Malacha. Right? As I mentioned before, Mila is the taking, a, there's a blood involved and that's something which you're not allowed to do on Shabbos and yet the Torah is How are we going to go and worry suddenly about this other possible Malacha when the Torah itself permits Malacha for the purposes of Mila. The Torah is not permitting Malacha for Lulav, it's not permitting Malacha for Shofar or for Megillah It's just those are mitzvahs of the day. We're worried then maybe there's going to be a prohibition. But when it comes to milah, it itself is a prohibition that the Torah told us to look the other way on. So if we're looking the other way on that malach, of course, we're not going to now start worrying about new malachos. Now, this is an important idea. Uh, The Taz also quotes uh, something to this effect. He says that when it comes to other mitzvahs, so other mitzvahs, even though they're saying no shofar this year, no lulav this year, because it happens to be that the first day falls out on Shabbos, there will be a shofar, there will be lulav other years, right? The mitzvah itself will be done. Yet when it comes to Mila, the Torah has told us to do it when it's on time, to do it on Shabbos. So if we're told to do it on Shabbos, then for sure we should think and have in mind that even if there's going to be some other concern, we're still going to do it on Shabbos because otherwise we'd always have this concern and there would never be a fulfillment of what the Torah says when it means um, you should go and do Mila on Shabbos. So it says the taz that the only time we would cancel a mitzvah is if when other years it could happen. But if we'd cancel this because of a suspicion of chilul Shabbos, of the desecration of Shabbos, we would never be doing this mitzvah on Shabbos. And that would be an undermining of what the Torah wants. And so therefore, for all of those reasons, Mila is not something which we are concerned about doing on Shabbos. We're not worried about the same suspicion and the same concerns of a person carrying and being outside and taking things around. We're not worried about it for Mila and uh, thereby we're also not worried about other issues that might come up with Mila on Shabbos, like, you know, a person driving there or things like that that we might not super approve of, but we're not worried about that Chilil Shabbos for the same reason we're not worried about the first. Now that conversation gets a little bit deeper. Hopefully we'll talk about that a different time. Have a great day.